you guys welcome to the second episode of the temple of hoop of this season uh, as usual it is me uh jay mapes aka coach maples here with kings kings what's going on man living good feeling good you already know how it go you know the raiders won so you know it's, yes, sir. the cowboys had a buy so you know no funk this week um every now and then we get a celebrity to hop on a pod this week is that week we got the legend uh, you know, the only guy in Minnesota besides Prince and Kirby Puckett, only brother in Minnesota known besides Prince and Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Miles Brown, what's going on, my guy? What's going on, man? I don't even want to be here no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm cool, man. I, I appreciate y'all having me. I really nah, know you guys, you, you dropping knowledge. I'm just here to help. Yeah, Miles has always been uh, a supporter of the pod. You know, when we were getting it off the ground, uh, giving us little feedback and things that, you know, he would like to hear and we should do. And so we appreciate Miles from Jump. Miles, you are kind of a mystery man because you're, you're a little less involved on the timeline than you used to yeah. be back in the day. So, like, what is it What is it that you do or that would you want to tell us about what you do before, before we don't want to expose everything? <laughs> I know you're kind of <laughs> like a, a mystery man. So tell us a little bit about what you do before we go into, you know, um, rundown. Now, I started in media, you know, and that's when I was pretty frequent on the timeline with the takes. Mm-hmm. Just being involved, trying to figure out what's going on, see what the conversation is, where I can add shit to it. Um, I fell back, I think about like four years ago, I got into advertising. Uh, I started working, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, making Nike spots, just working on Gatorade now. And... Yeah, man, you know, I'm just trying to push the culture from a different angle, you know, right. just uh, see what I can do out here. Right. You see how but, casual yeah. he said that. Nothing I just do ads for billion dollar companies, you know, just boring stuff. Hey, guys. man. <laughs> hey, hey my, my, my brother Miles hit me with a DM one time talking about one of his ads he was trying to right. push. Mike. I was like, bro, I was like, yeah. man, come on, right, man. Right. I'm, I'm trying out here, but it's hard, you know? <laughs> I would definitely, man. We 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 definitely see the work. Appreciate you, man. You, man. It's, def- it's definitely appreciated the things you, the, the conversations you try to push, even behind the scenes now, uh, more so. The combos are really, really deep and interactive, man. So we definitely appreciate that. Wanted to get you on the pod because I feel like uh, your voice kind of needs to be out there a little more, basically for where the game is uh, from a discourse uh, standpoint, which all three of us would say needs to get better. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, too, man. Y'all got this. Right. <laughs> I got it. You know? All right, so... You- uh, well, the reason why I invited Miles, right? So the NBA, Miles very rarely just shoots off hoop takes just uh, unprovoked. Like, it has to already be a conversation. He'll tap in. But when the NBA 75 list came out, Miles hops in the group chat <laughs> that we have and starts going in. And I was like, bro, we got to get this on wax. Because <laughs> Miles, is Miles is a historian of the game. Um, he, he pays attention to stuff like that. And, you know, for all the stuff about lists, like this was a legacy. I think this was big. Like it's the 75th anniversary. I think this was kind of big. So I think even the guy, even guys like us who kind of laugh at lists or whatever, these different type of lists, I think this meant something, right? So we'll go around. We'll start with with Miles. You can lead, lead us in. Um, what was your biggest issue personally with the list? Um, 
first of all, I, the way they rolled it out. <laughs> your, your media guy was right. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, yeah. something that should have some prestige, you know, and being as right. important as what we're talking about. They, they, they rolled it out like a BuzzFeed article. I'm just seeing tweets and congratulations <laughs> and Instagram. It's like, yo, the, the NFL would never get down like that. MLB would never get down. Like, they would right. honor the players in their history. They would make it an event. Like, right. the first time they did the um, Top 50 in Cleveland, what was that, 96? Yeah. They brought everybody there. They got all the leather jackets. They had the ceremony. They had the book. It, it, it was a thing. It didn't feel like a thing this time. Mm-mm. And it's probably for the best just because a lot of those names on there had me raising my eyebrows like, bro, what, what are we doing here? I understand. They, they kept the original top 50, right? Yeah. You have to do that because you're running a business. You can't be like, ah, oh, y'all niggas ain't important anymore. You are. You built the league. It's about selling legacy and history and all of that. Cool. Then you uh, they put McAdoo and... Who was it? Neek. They put them on there. They righted those wrongs from the first time. So that means what? 52. So you got 23 spots left. And there was no rhyme or reason to who they were picking. It was crazy. Where like some dudes were on there and it's just like, okay, you have to be on there just because you're a name. Like Paul Pierce. That that one title is doing a lot of work for Paul Pierce. (laughs) What did he make? uh, How many All-NBA teams did Paul Pierce make? Like three? If that, I want to say it was low. It was not a lot. And I think, you know, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I think that's a good measure of your quality as a player. And if you couldn't make all NBA throughout your career, how are you one of the 75 best players ever? So I see his name. I get a little weird. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. It's just like both of those guys, only two times all NBA. And you both kind of did the same thing. And Clay Thompson actually did that same thing you did. And he played defense and he won championships. And he ain't nowhere on there. On there. Yeah. yeah. See, that's 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 a great point. Anthony Davis, I, I like you. You're a great, <laughs> great talent. That, that I feel like that's like uh one of those when they put Shaq on there in like his rookie year. You're projecting, like, okay, he's gonna be right, great. right, right. But tell me the difference between him. And Powell Gasol, where, you know, Powell didn't win a playoff game in Memphis, was, a, you know, all-star caliber player, but couldn't get it done by himself. Couldn't lead a team to even a playoff win. Not a series, not a title. Just win a fucking playoff game, dog. Like, come on. And we, 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 we got we to gotta give AD some pushback, though. AD, he, he did win a playoff series. He was all NBA. He had multiple all NBA teams. Right. And, so, uh, and he was an MVP candidate, you know. So right. he... he he had some individual accolades of dominance that had him projected higher. Right. I, I'll slightly, I did, so I'll slightly push back. I, I have AD higher than Powell, but I, the pushback for me was a guy I've never been a fan of. But to keep Dwight Howard off that list, that was absolutely that was the absurd part for me. And I oh. think all three of us are kind of like whatever in terms of Dwight the player, like mm-hmm. being fans of him. But he, he was in a conversation like it was LeBron, Kobe, and then it was Dwight for like. A few years, like right. The top five was LeBron, Kobe, um, uh, Wade, Melo, and, and Dwight. Yeah, that's what like, and he, and he was up there. I think it was yeah. four four straight defensive player of the years. Uh, King. yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So three at three. I know at three at least. Yeah, and so it's like, three. how do you keep him off? And it hurts my heart because you know me and Kings are Bay Area bred, but there's no <laughs> yes, way Damian Miller should be on. I saw Kings tweeted. I saw. That's all we can say. 
uh, because of who we follow, who follows us. He's like the Baywoods again. We had to leave <laughs> you know, you already know, man. But yeah, but then, now that we on the pod, I got to be honest. There's no way Dave yeah. is on that list. But I'm sorry, with the names they left off, I just don't think you can put him on the list. I, I, I'll say this. I'll say this, and this is where, and this is where you know people are annoyed. Um, it came out today on the timeline. They originally wanted Kyrie Irving in the top 75, and they pulled him last minute. So Kyrie Irving was originally supposed to be in Dame's spot, and they pulled him last minute. Are we sure it was for Dame? Are we sure it was for Dame? Or just it, it, that, it, it, it's a speculation is for Dame because okay. uh, it was the guard spot. You know what I mean? It, right, it, okay. it was, was one of those things where they were both guards. They had the little montage and everything except for Kyrie, and they pulled it last minute. So, Miles, <laughs> explain something to me. So, we have a little different thinking here because you were talking about those original 50 had to stay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Those accountants that Bill Russell made famous, <laughs> they don't need to be on there. I, I'm sorry. I understand what you say, but I don't need, like, if I'm looking at, you know, Paul Arizon and, you know, <laughs> Paul Gasol and those guys, like, it's, it's not an easy choice for me. And this you is a guy, and this is a guy who watches, a, who, who went through a period where he was watching a gang of old basketball on YouTube to try to see like what the game was in the changes. Like, so I'm not just looking at spreadsheets here. Like I will YouTube and watch old basketball, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, just to see the differences and nuances. But trust me, those accounts that Bill Russell was making famous, and they don't need to be on there. That's you should have seen the timeline's reaction when they put Paul Arizona. So I see what you were saying though, Miles, with, as far as you got to keep that original 50 to just to like they help build the league. I I I get that point of it. But I'm just we saying from a basketball standpoint, the well, three guys who like ball, like you out there picking a team, you know I'm saying you're not gonna Paul Harrison versus some of the guys who were left off. It's like it's not the issue. So the other thing I want to ask you guys about, I'll let you two come uh answer this. So there was a question about what their criteria was with this list. And that was a big part of the the contention as far as who was on there. Because mm -hmm. a guy like Dennis Robin made it. And then there were guys like uh, Weber and, you know, Grant Hill and Chris Bosh who did it. And in a vacuum, those guys may have been more talented offensively, at least to the point where they produced, you know, way more stats. But Rodman's impact, you know, I guess was raised higher, was rated higher than what those guys brought to the table by the voting panel, who was a mix of media, old players and just analysts. So where are you guys with that, with the criteria or lack of explanation of a criteria on this list? Uh, I know that, that I, I mean, they kept the original 50 and they just added guys on. So I don't know what the actual criteria is, especially because they pulled Kyrie out for Dane, you know, last minute. So who knows what the actual criteria they, you know, if they even had one. But I will say for something, in the, in, for something, when you look at something like Dennis Robin compared to guys who are more talented, uh, when you look at what, what uh, basketball is and the impact you have at your position at, at your um at what you're asked to do you know if, you know what i mean what you're asked to do so they're asking dennis rodman they're asking this rodman to be a lockdown a defender to disrupt offensive game plans and he did it at the highest level he's arguably the greatest defensive player ever in the history of the sport you know what i mean that's one side of the sport one half of the game, he's arguably the greatest ever at. And he had meaningful impact. You know, before right. he came, the Bulls got worked by Shaq and the Magic. 
he shows up the next year and they get him whooped. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right. And then you see, you obviously know that impact he had with the bad boy Pistons. So it's like he had championship impact in, in, in his career wherever he played, basically, when he was in when he was active in his prime. You know what I mean? So, now, uh, you know, in terms of if he, when he was on the, when he was on a competitive team and he was asked <laughs> to be their enforcer, when he was asked to be their enforcer, he was on a competitive team, asked to be their enforcer, he came in, he plugged in, and he made, he helped good teams be even greater. Or he ceiling, helped, or he helped great teams ceiling, be even raiser. better. Yeah, he's a ceiling raiser. He took teams that were already great and he made them even better. Like that in itself is also a, a very great ability to have because there's a lot of guys where you put in and, and you know, Based, based on how they have to adjust the plane, they can't make the team better or, you know, they're, they're just – the team goes sideways. But for Dennis Rodman to raise great teams to even greater heights and to be excellent all world, all time at what he was asked to do, like, I don't know, man. That, to me, automatic spot, in my opinion. That's, that's interesting because I swear to God, I agree with you, like, 80%. Where – where he was when you put him in a competitive situation, what he did for the Pistons, nobody else could have filled that role. When mm-hmm. he did for the Bulls, nobody else could have filled that role. And he won five titles. He went back to back with legends, but they were ready-made situations where yeah. he could just plug in and do the one thing that he did really well. And he could just blow off all the rest of his responsibilities on right. the court where, you know, sometimes we remember Dennis was too busy chasing those rebounds to be focusing on the team concept. He would break the chain defensively because I, I want to box out and get my numbers. I remember that. I think that was a talking point for me. I remember that, actually. That's yeah. a very good point. Ultimately, though, I think the thing that's tough is you got to look at the whole career. Yeah. You know, talk about Dallas, Los Angeles, <laughs> San Antonio, where he was a cancer. Yeah, you will tank your basketball team. Him and Ron Artest are, you know, kind of very similar in that way. You put them in a competitive situation, you give them real expectations and leadership, they're going to produce. But if you need them to lead, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, that, 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 that is all uh, completely fair. So, la- last thing before we move on from the, the top 75 uh, issue here. So, the Warriors, uh, Clay was extremely upset. He, he got left off. Uh, Draymond didn't care. When they asked him, he didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't care. Uh, but Clay was like social media. They had to joke on him in practice to you know, get his spirits up. But, you know, that bothered Clay because Clay, and he put in, he's, I guess, uh, sacrificing for winning is overlooked. And to me, Clay is the best three and got best three and D player in NBA history to me, uh, to me. I know guys have tried to throw like, can't try to throw Paul George in there. I see Paul George more than that, but as far as that particular niche, like that role, I don't think anybody is better than Clay. And I thought he should have been on the list. So, what what did you guys think about the two other parts of the Warriors dynasty not being involved with the with the list? I mean, I go back and forth with it because I mean, you know, when when I first saw the list, I was hot. I'm like, yeah, I remember. so and so and so and so on here. Like, this don't make sense. Because when you start talking about the 75 greatest dudes to ever play basketball, that's that's the elite of the right. elite. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some of these names, you like, like I said, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller make it. Clay Thompson doesn't. That that's a little strange. What are we prioritizing? 
happen here? Is this about like moments in Madison Square Garden or is this about actually right. like <laughs> right. Because I mean, Reggie's resume is mad then too. Three-time All-NBA. He went to the finals at one time. Kobe and Shaq sent him home. And that's the end. Like, that's one of the 75 greatest. I don't understand if it's about entertainment and legacy, if it's about achievement, or if it's just right. what a dude can and can't do on the court. Because it seems like a mix of all three. Right, and, that's exactly, exactly. So, so here, so... I think what the NBA was trying to do, they like to drive conversation because I saw the new motto, which made me kind of throw up was like, uh, if you aren't on Twitter, are you really watching the game? And I was like, they're really buying into this uh, social media uh, thing, especially Twitter, which is one of those, you know, least used social media on top of that, which is they're letting it drive decisions about the game, which is very wild to me, Um, but whatever. So, how do you guys feel about like the social media influence this at all? Or are they trying to drive conversation? <laughs> Kings, you take that before I start talking too much. Man, well, go ahead and repeat that. Uh, Maple's last I said because NBA, you know, that, that model they had about NBA Twitter's life, are really on Twitter, are you really watching the game? So, was a lot of this list driven by conversation? Oh, my or, God. You, you see, you, you see, you see. You see, that's why their marketing, that's why the way they engage the game is terrible. terrible. Like they it's terrible. Like, why would you even say that? <laughs> what? You're running your game through you're running, you're promoting your game through Twitter. This is why the this is why the NBA trolls feel emboldened the way they do. <laughs> yeah. Because the game basically markets it markets it to them. You know, you have incidents that go pop off and then they make it a talking point to put on the media. Right. Like it's, it's 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 honestly it's honestly ridiculous, but that's just how it is. And then people wonder why the 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 way the game is covered is so bad. Well, you're letting random trolls dictate your talking points, <laughs> dictate how you cover the game, dictate how you present the game. Like man, like I mean, you have like look look at the Twitter account, Stat Muse. They're Twitter that's comedians crazy. now. Like right. what? Like what? You were supposed to be promo- You're supposed to be like. Reporting numbers, reporting endpoint stats, and now you're trying to crack jokes. Right, come you're on, not objective man. anymore. You, you're right, just right. trying to get likes and retweets. Exactly. It's all, all all about engagement. It's nasty, just because. I mean, like I understand why they initially did it. It made sense. Like these are where our fans are. We should be mm-hmm. where our fans are at. We should we should you know kind of give a platform to that conversation. And I understand that. But once you started to see it turn nasty, you you can't keep leaning in, like. <laughs> right. I, I don't know how to get out of this now because yeah, you can put ten toes down on Twitter, and Man. Twitter, everybody's pissing on your feet. Right. So, whoo. All right. Man, we'll, we'll we'll leave that there. Uh, moving on. Let's get into some basketball, some current day basketball stuff. Um, two things I want to get into before we get into some other things. Uh, the Ben Simmons saga continued. Um, we're once a week. So over the week, this is what happened. Ben refused to, uh, all officers refused to come to training camp, finally shows up, uh, puts on a, you know, uh, throws a tantrum, pretty much silent tantrum, pretty much doesn't do anything. Uh, Doc asks him to get into a drill. Ben uh, says no. <clears throat> they send him home, find him. He comes back. Uh, his back flares up. Uh, I'm making air quotes for those who can't see. Um, <laughs> 
So he then after that, after the back, comes back, meets with Philly, says he's not mentally ready to play for this team to his standards. And he's just out for now. Um, before I, I hand this to you guys, I am notoriously pro player. Like I'm always anti-management labor for sure. I, I Ben has made me think twice a couple times because our all all parties at fault in this, by the way. Ben not developing Philly first, enabling him this for a few years. This is before to this is before Maury, by the way. So I can't put this in Maury's feet. They enabled him for years. Um and then kind of threw him under the bus last year when that then did play bad, but that was not the only reason they lost. There were a few culprits in that. Um Start with you, Miles. Where, where, where do we go to finish with Kings? Where, where are your thoughts on this Ben Simmons, the whole situation for now? I'm with you. I mean, generally, I want to support the player because I understand the situation they put him in. We're going to trade you. Now we're right. not going to trade you. <laughs> right, right. Are you a championship player? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't care about that guy. Oh, he, wait, he's my brother. Like, you're jerking me around. You playing with my livelihood and I don't like it. Either do something or I don't want to be. I understand how somebody could be in that position. But now you're doing this funny business with the mental health. My back hurts. <laughs> you, you, you trivializing things. And I would be more supportive of you doing that if you would shoot the damn basketball. <laughs> you know? Like, if, if you were doing your job and I couldn't point to any faults to you on the court, I'd be like, yeah, man, I got you. I got your back. But you, you want to half-ass it and have it both ways. And I, Right, I that's right. Go ahead, Kings. Yeah, man, it's, you know, they all threw him under the bus. They all, you know, they all, um, they all made the workplace uncomfortable in the work at. But uh, it comes down to that thing where you also have a contractual obligation, right? You want to be paid a certain amount of money. You want to have these, you want to have the, the, you know, the millions that you, that you work for, well, you got, you know, you got to work, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to go to work, you know, you got to go to work if you want to get paid, you know what I mean? I mean, you look at somebody like, you know, everybody got on Anthony Davis and, and I'm not going to say he did it, but he was the best models, the greatest ever at, at, when he left, you know, there's clearly off the court stuff he did that many Pelican fans and, and NOLA folks speak to, but in terms of how he, you know, at least from a, you know, honoring his contract, I mean, he showed up to games. Uh, they said he milked some injuries, sure, but then he still, when they were asked him to play, he, he, he and that he could play, he tried to play, um, and he put up numbers so much to the fact that they had to pull him out because they were actively trying to tank. Winning too much. <laughs> you know, so they were they was comp- too competitive, and they wanted to get, they knew they were going to trade him, so they wanted the best draft pick possible. I mean, this did happen. You know what I mean? So that's somebody who was trying to at least honor the contract in, in a, you know, in a work professional uh, manner. That's what Ben Simmons has to do now. Like, you know, you're an adult. You didn't get their way, your way, you know, but you have to, if you want to get paid, you got, you got to work for it. Uh, you know what I mean? In this situation, uh, you, you just got, you got to work for it. I mean, you don't have to give them your best effort. You know what I mean? They can't control the effort you're going to give on the court, but you got, you know what I mean? But you got, you got, if you want to get paid, you got to show up, man. I, it, it's just, 
you know, they're not going to pay you for not coming. That's not the contract you signed to play in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as far as him using all these things and whatnot, because he doesn't want to play for a team, like you said, it does trivialize some of, you know, some of these, these topics, you know, some of these things that people actually go through because you don't want to play for it, for this organization. Um, you know what I mean? Like, are you, there's, there's been some crazy, you know, holdout type, you know, guys wanting to get traded. I mean, you remember when T.O. was holding out from, with the Eagles, he was, had the, he had the uh, media doing push-ups at his, at his, you know, garage and all that. But, you know, but those are guys that even, even went through the drama, the way I see it, it was different with those guys because they were ready to work, though. You know, they were never right. ones, guys who weren't going to come and say, hey, if I had to, if I have to go play to earn this money, if I, to, to earn the money that I want, I'll play. I just want what I want, the money I want, but I will keep myself in shape. I will be ready to come play. I will be ready to come and work for the what I, I feel I deserve. Ben is coming off as I don't want to work, but I still want to get paid and I want to go to wherever I want to go. Like, come on, bro. That's that's just not how it works. Yeah, I, I think know? people, it was two things with AD. First of all, AD was that type of player where teams are going to give up a haul to get him. Right. That's the first thing. We don't know how many, how much, what, how much teams are going to give up to get Ben. AD, there was no question about the haul he was going to get. So they're much more willing to work with him on a trade front. Secondly, AD only had one year after the deal he had. So there was a lot more leverage on his behalf. Ben right. has four more years on his contract. Right. So I think that's the people are misunderstanding the, the different types of leverage they have just between quality of player and length of contract. Um, I think that's the that's the other issue here. So moving on, I, to me, I think I think okay, no, oh, go, go 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 ahead, um, go ahead, go ahead Miles. I agree with you. I think both parties are at fault. Ben got to you know you got to be a man. Go to work. Philadelphia, you could have handled the whole situation a lot better when you didn't even end up here. But now that we're here, yeah. I put it at Adam Silver's feet. Mm-hmm. Oh. Be a headline <laughs> in mm-hmm. opening week of the season, and we all know David Stern wouldn't have stood for that. Yeah. But- <laughs> It was different. Somebody would have got a phone call and something would have changed. You know, whether it was Ben Simmons or Philadelphia actually making a trade. Adam Silver is just always trying to be the cool dad. You know, cool dad said, I don't have to eat my vegetables. Cool dad, (laughs) you're going to give me an allowance and I ain't even got to do my chores. I mean, it's like, bro, like eventually you got to draw a line somewhere. Right. And this is the opportunity to draw the line and he's not taking it. Yeah, I think what made oh, to to piggyback off that point when Moore went on the radio and said, "This might this might be a few years." That's what I was like, "Okay, Silver's got to step in." Oh, you got yeah. a max player talking about he's not going to play for years, while the GM is like, "Uh, whatever, we're going to get the what we want. He's just not going to play." Like that is wild. Like, like like this, like at this point, it's not it's not professional. I mean, it's not professional on Ben's side. Obviously, I I I talk about that, but also with Maury too, like. Bro, you're not going to fleece nobody. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're not fleecing nobody, dude. Like, you you guys threw him under the bus, suck it up, get the best you can get for him, and move on. Like, this is making a mock. It's literally making a mockery of the process at this point. And it all points to what people are going to say. The next CBA battle is going to be hell. Mm-hmm. Because they're looking at what Harden did. They're looking at what Ben is doing. They're looking at what Zion is doing that, that you know, CIA is trying to keep un, in, under wraps. Like, 
This is not it's, this is not going to like you have guys who are just off rookie deals or who are in their rookie deals trying to force their way wherever got I me. Mean, I brought up Zion. What about Porzingis? He basically told the New York, "Hey, get me out of here. I want I'm going to take the queue up." No. Like you know what I mean? Like like, hey man, it's it's, it's not going to be pretty. We've set a really nasty precedent here, and eventually somebody's going to go too far, and it's going to be too late because we're not doing anything in the times like right now, where it's a very clear-cut situation, bro, go to work. Yeah, it's like, but yeah. like you said, it's on Maury, too, because he's good with the numbers. He's good with, um, you know, putting together complimentary pieces. But as far as, like, people, people aspect, <laughs> yeah. right, he's not a people person. And this mm-hmm. is a people person situation, you know? Right. right. <sighs> Moving on to another... Uh contractual situation um sons they got a lot going on and we'll touch on that (laughs) but let's go on the court man um deandre ayden was flat out special in the playoffs last year uh the sons asked him to take a back seat pretty much when they got chris paul he did everything they asked him playoffs was absolutely special um so he is he wants the max obviously the Suns are not offering the max. I, I feel kind of sick because I feel like James Jones is kind of dying on the sword here because Sarver's being cheap and James is kind of had to be a front man, which is the job for which is the job for the GM. So, you know, that's it. Um where do you guys where are you guys with the DeAndre Aiden situation, man? As far as you know what he's asking for and with the Suns being cheap. I I I'm I'm for me. This is the this is as far as a window for a championship. This the Suns. This is it. Uh, the Lakers are just going to be up and down. Obviously, they got to put things together quick. Kawhi is out. Jamal Murray's out. I think that pretty much takes Denver and, and the Clippers out of the, the championship situation, barring you know any late season returns. As far as a window, I don't know how good it's going to get with Chris Paul being thirty seven right now. Kings. 37 or 38? Yeah, yeah, 37, 38. Yeah, I, I think this is pretty much as far as a championship window goes. I think you just got to to pay the man what he wants. And, and then down the line, right, he's a high commodity. You'll be able to move him if, if necessary. But I think you got to bite the bullet and pay him. And he might even, the way he's developing, he might end up being worth it. So um, where are you guys in this? You can start with this one, Kings. Then we'll go to, to Miles. Uh, I, don't know if that, I don't know if this is it for their window, though. I mean, okay. Um, Kawhi coming off injury, LeBron getting old. I mean, how, true, how much true, people? True. How much people trust Anthony Davis? I mean, there's no disrespect to Anthony Davis. He's a talented player, super talented. How many? If you ask Laker fans, to do you trust Anthony Davis to lead the Lakers post LeBron? How many of them would be comfortable in saying yes? Like, let's just be honest here. You know what I mean? And you look at the situation with the Nets. I mean, God knows what Kyrie's doing. Uh, people are saying Harden came in out of shape again, and he's going to play himself into shape, but you see how the new rules is affecting him, and also, he's also getting older. I mean, that playing yourself into shape stuff, the more you, the older you get past 30, the worse and the harder it is for you to be able to get away with that, and you keep exposing yourself to more injury. He dealt with a major injury last year, one of the first few times he's done that in his career, and he came in again, out of shape, older, and if he has another injury that he's going to deal with, I'm not going to be surprised because he didn't prepare to, to physically take it. So you look at all these factors of the top teams in the league. Uh, they were in a tough fight with, with Milwaukee. Phoenix themselves is young. They can get better. So I don't think their window is closed. 
However, I will say uh, they're playing with fire with with the DeAndre Ayton situation. I'm only saying this because what do they hope to get from this? You know, what it's I mean? wild. Yeah, it, it was wild because, like, if his free agency, he's gonna get a match from somebody. Exactly, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna get him he's gonna get a max deal from 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 a team. You know, like Dallas will give him a max contract. You know, what I mean, like any team Hornets. that needs a bit, the Hornets, yeah. right? The Hornets is the prime target. They need a big. They're for sure throwing the max money. He's like, so so if you're gonna have to match that contract anyway, like, what are you doing except causing locker room turmoil for no reason? Right. So it's like the logic of their approach. It just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense because if you're if your goal and if your goal is to not keep him because you don't want to pay a certain amount of money, well, you might as well trade him right now. Right. See, that's the so, right. so it's like so it's like what's your plan? That's what that's what you have to ask some of these front offices. What is your plan? What is your plan? And I know James Jones. He wants to keep him. So this is from the owner. And then you have the then you have the then you have the email, then <laughs> emails part two, NBA, NBA edition, basically. Oh, with the, with, the, with the owner, so it's like, who knows what that's going to be in the upcoming weeks. So it's like, man, look, MB, somebody, one of these people on Gambling Twitter talked about it. the NBA runs on storylines. It's sad, but that's all we keep getting. Like, it's literally, that's all we keep getting is one storyline after the other. Sarver got this allegations coming up. Maury versus Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Kyrie Irving. You know what I'm saying? It's just like storyline after storyline after storyline is the main focus of the NBA, it seems, every single day. Right. Where where you where you with Aiden Miles? Go ahead. No, um, I think the only thing I can add to that is the reasoning that they're given, you know, at least from what I saw from like, you know, sources and whatnot. We don't think that you're a max player. Like, how are you undermining? a guy you're going to have to match yes, sir. that offer just to keep him like you, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face here and, and, and you're poisoning your locker room mm-hmm. while you're trying to use this guy while he still has value for your team and chasing that open window for a championship. So you, you're not only screwing yourself later, you're doing it right now too. Like, right. it, but that's how that franchise has always been run. You yeah, know, that's the cold part. That's, that, that's, what, yeah, that's what everybody is saying. You know, they finally got James Jones, Turning the ship around, and then Sarver at 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 my checkbook. So yeah. that speaks to what King's point was, man. It was like a lot of these teams; they just not in it to win, like it's in it to make money. It's like get rid of the cap and let the teams pay who want to pay, like baseball, man. <laughs> yeah, if you want, I mean, if you want to save money, and, and you know what I mean, then go ahead and get and, and get whatever punishment the league uh, makes for that in terms of like soccer, where they delegate teams down and whatnot. Like, bro, let's 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 stop like as fans, let's stop lying and acting like there's some type of parody that exists, right? With the with the draft and with the salary cap, it doesn't exist because at the end of the day, even in a controlled environment, guys are going to want to work where they have the most opportunity and the cities that they want to live in. Like, that's just going to happen anyway. So instead of lying to everybody and acting like, you know, that 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 this, that this is a, a some type of level playing field, how about a team like the Hawks, for example, drafted well, have a lot of good guys. How about you don't punish them because they want to keep all their guys? How about you give them an opportunity to be able to pay all their guys and retain all their guys? Right. Like don't punish teams that do a good job scouting, do a good job drafting and, and trying to retain players. Don't make them be punished with some type of salary cap 
because you want to fake pretend like you're trying to want you want to see the Pistons compete. You know, you don't. You, you really don't, bro. Like you don't want you don't want that. So, you know, I, I, so let's cut it out. Right. And let's stop all the analysis, man. That's all. That's how I feel. I saw a great idea. It was like um, if a team drafted a player, then they shouldn't count against the luxury tax. We're like extremely smaller percentage than signing a free agent over the over the salary 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 uh, cap. And I thought that was a great idea to, to kind of reward what you said to meet halfway. I know I know you're you're anti cap period. I was just saying kind of meeting halfway. You know, say to reward those teams who do draft well, right? So they can keep their keep their cores together without worrying about footing a, a, a tremendous bill. Um, Let's talk some shop. Well, we'll be seeing this first week, man. So, um, first, Chicago Bulls. Um, to be, the competition hasn't been great, but they're doing what's supposed to absolutely dominating. You know, three underwhelming teams, underwhelming underman teams, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. I have not seen basketball come this easy for Zach Levine his entire career. Uh, yeah. It looks great. He looks having fun. Lonzo Ball is in a place where he fits and plays more to his style. Uh, DeRozan fitting well. They got Caruso off the bench. Um, you guys buying or selling the Bulls early? Just real quick. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I, I like Busevich too. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's been real. You know, he's been surprising defensively. I did not know. I maybe just get Orlando, and I'm just you know I don't have a chance to win, so whatever. But he's actually competing on the other end. Maybe kudos to Billy Donovan there. You know that that's his forte. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I buy them as a playoff team. I had them in the playoffs, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. People are talking about oh, they 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 they're prime, look prime for a run. I mean, I'm looking at the teams you have to beat to go on a run. You have to beat either what Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Atlanta, or Miami to make it to round two. Like, I'm not there. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not Oh, yeah, they're going to be the team that goes on a run this year. I'll buy that they're going to be a playoff team. See, go ahead. My, my, I'll, I'll go with Spider. Go ahead, Miles. No, I got nothing. I, just you. So I, I, say, I will say, yeah, I, I, agree, yeah, I agree with you on the first two, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I think that's just the conference is going to go through eventually. But Atlanta and Miami, let's talk in a month because I, I – you know, me, me and you are extremely high on Levine as a superstar. We just felt like he just needed the requisite parts around him to show that. So, because in a series with either, maybe not Atlanta because Trey's there, but in the series of Miami, he's absolutely the best offensive player in that series. Yeah, but, but look at look at who he's going to be guarded by. You go to Miami, you're going to see Bam. You're going to see Jimmy. You know what I mean? They're going to have wings for you. And then you go to Atlanta, they got two young monsters in, in Hunter and Reddish. Ready to, to 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 guard to guard you every single night of that series. Team so, Levine is ready. Team Levine is hey, ready. Is he, 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 is he ready though? Because they got monsters. They got monsters defensively, and they got monsters offensively too. So hey, that's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's a whole different thing. We talk about winning a playoff series. Right, I have to see more from the Bulls before I, before I can get on that. It's just fun. It's just fun to play to you know have fun with their stars. It's been a while since Chicago's been relevant, so it was fun to have that. Same thing. Hornets actually started 3-0 and for the first time in their franchise's history, which is kind of wild to think about given some of the talent they've had through there between Morning and uh, Big Mama to, uh, you know, Chris Paul and David West and Baron Davis, like those type of teams. So the first time they've ever started 3-0, and 
Um, LaMelo is showing that he's ready to take that jump. You got Bridges looking like he worked on his game. Byron is selling the Hornets. I think we both had – I had him as a playing team. You might have had him in there. I can't remember. Which one? Hornets. I did. I think I had him as a playing team. You might have had him in there. You, you, you had them as a playing team. I don't think you had him in the offs, but you had him in the playing team. I think you had him in the offs, though, right? No, nah, I didn't have him in the offs. Oh, I, I, I had them. Just, I think I had them just missed from that play from that play from my playing team. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, so you I'm had sorry. you had them. You had them in. I don't think I had them in. Yeah, I had, them, I had, I had, I had the last spot. So are we? Where are you with them? Is that you impressed by this three and You got to see more. Uh shoot, I mean they look like they can def they're definitely gonna be a playing team. Uh, I I think I I was uh I missed I missed the gun on that. I mean I don't know. I think I had them at I think I had them at ten honestly because I for me it was like them and the, and the Wizards and the Raptors. You know that was kind of you know that was fat battling for those that those playing spots. Uh, I don't I don't really I don't really like the Pacers. So I was just them, Wizards, and the Raptors, and I, and I think I took I think I took Wizards, and I think I took Hornets. Um, I, I can't remember off my back, but I think I had Hornets as a playing team. But I do buy them as a playing team. Um, I don't know if as a playoff team, they need a center, bro. They need a center. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think they have enough to be better than the Knicks or the Bulls, and those are like my last two spots. Um, or you know, then you have teams like this, the the Celtics, the Sixers, right? You know, and the Heat. They're going to be in that, you know lower tier playoff area. Like, I just don't think they, they can match up with those teams in the, over the course of the season. Miles, this is tough for me and you because we both feel that LaMelo should be in San Francisco right now, uh, extending Steph's prime for seven more years. But uh, <laughs> um, you big, uh, you, you, you buying with the team from the Hornets thus far? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with y'all. I think they're missing a the center, somebody like a Miles Turner would be perfect for them. Man. Help them do what they do. And I think they had the pieces to, you know, go after somebody like that. What happens, happens. But, um, yeah, I think they're a solid playing team. I think they're exciting. But just like the Bulls, you know, just riding off what King said, I think they can get there. And I think once they get there, we're going to find out what they can't do. Right. Yep, that's a great gonna have, gonna Show me what you need to add to your game. Right. Yeah, that's usually what happens that first run around the playoffs. All right, moving on from two surprise teams to two teams that uh, I think me and Kings both – no, no. Uh, I picked Milwaukee. King said he's only stick, picking the Nets if Kyrie uh, comes back from sabbatical. Um, so Lakers and Nets both kind of stepping out the box. Uh, Nets are one and two. Actually got handled pretty easily by the uh, Hornets today. I watched that game earlier. Uh, Lakers – Finally got their first win against an uh, upstart Memphis team. Um, let's start with the Lakers. Uh, Kings, that same old, uh, I have to give that Malcolm X speech. We were hoodwinked, bamboozled, <laughs> run amok. Uh, they're talking about meetings they had about Anthony Davis playing center. Uh, I'm going to see myself as a center this year. Frank alluded to it, and we get out here, and DeAndre Jordan is starting, and the minutes are bad. Tonight was really bad. They escaped. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was minus 16 in a game the Lakers won by one. So the, the issue was obviously the lineups with this team. A little bit of injuries, but uh, the, the lineup usage on this team is going to really be 
a determining factor in, in, in what they are able to do. So what, what, what other things you've seen besides that, that are kind of slowing the Lakers down, trying to get off the blocks here. And Amen. <laughs> look, 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 look. If they're gonna keep doing, if they're gonna just keep entertaining that two bigs at any point, they just might as well just pencil themselves in for being close games in almost every game at this point. Um, the roster in itself is already sketchy as is. I'm of the mindset that they will trade for a wing at the deadline. I, I think I've already come to accept that at this point, that that is a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. I, I just don't see how they they go into the playoffs with just Trevor Ariza. I mean, as as much as I'm high on Ariza, he is just not it's, – it's not good enough <laughs> and it's not reliable enough for them to go through a whole round of 16. That's just not going to happen. Um and as far as, you know, the Lakers and the Nets, I think somebody made a good point. Um, the age, man, I think the age is just showing with those two teams. Those are two old teams. Uh, they're relying on, uh, on older guys to be able to bang inside. You talk about DeAndre, you talk about Dwight Howard, you talk about Melo, you talk about the Nets, you're relying on Blake, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap. I mean, the young guy for the Nets, Nets, Claxton, I mean, he's pretty much like a 6'11 wing. He's not real big, you know, honestly. And that was the reason I was, you know, I was telling Paul, I was like, slow down the Claxton stuff because that he, he's great. He got a lot. He got he has a lot of potential, but he don't got frail. the size. He's frail. He don't got the size. And you're seeing that he, he, he really just don't got the size. He's more of a wing than he is a big. So it's like when you have those type of, you know, older or – some frail, more frail legs inside. Teams can take advantage of that. You know, they, they don't fear you attacking. And then you put all the stress on your stars to have to produce night in, night out. With the Lakers, their stars need space. They don't have space. So it makes it harder on them to have to get theirs and then defend. And if you're talking about the Nets, well, you know, they don't have the defense Right to keep them in, in to keep them in uh, games close. So now KD has to outscore guys. You know what I mean. And then Harden has to outscore guys. And then you see he's struggling. He's not in shape. He's struggling to adjust to the rules. Nine free throws in three games. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's just yeah, compounding we, we, issues. Yeah, we, we we gonna get to the Nets in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Miles, I know uh, you had some issue, questions about the Westbrook trade. All three of us did really, but. Uh, where are you with 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 the Lakers this says this is this, this uh this first three games what you've seen um they're old and <laughs> I think the, the other problem with being old is you're setting your ways Russell Westbrook is who he is I'm not a go stand in the corner and catch the catch the ball and shoot the three when LeBron gives it to me kind of guy I, I'm the guy setting up these plays mm-hmm. I don't know if he can make the adjustments that he hasn't made his whole career in a season just to fit in with this team. It's, it's, um, it's going to be interesting because I don't, I don't know if they can move him, but somebody got to go. Right. And, I don't, and that's what I said. And I think the, the point that me and Kings have both made, it was like, we understand Westbrook has a change, but you did trade for a $40 million, you know, 
cap cap eating player. So you got to kind of meet him halfway with that. And the best way to do that for one is open up the floor for him, which is the first yep. thing, which is, you know, basically moved, remove DeAndre Jordan and Dwight from playing alongside Anthony Davis. Right. And because it was weird like tonight, for example, Westbrook, that first five minutes was terrible. You know, every time he's driving a bunch of bodies, turnovers, wild shots, the minute DeAndre got removed from the floor, I think the AD and Westbrook pick and roll was money. They were getting a good look every time they flipped the game around. They were down 10 and went up. So I think they just got to meet halfway there. Um, like I said, I, I was against the trade from jump because of just Westbrook. Westbrook scares me in the playoffs. It's been about four years since he's been actually good in a playoff series. And that that's what scared me. But I can't, he's a top-notch playmaker. Like the, the passing in the first half was special. It was like that, that was that that was good Westbrook. Like if he can do that more so than the crazy pull-up jumpers and the wild drives, try to throw junk up at the basket. I I will take that over the course of the season. And then LeBron just has to be LeBron late. AD has to be AD when it's money time, play the right lineup. And then I think that is the Lakers ceiling. So Kings, what are your thoughts on Westbrook before we move to the Knicks? The Nets, excuse me. They have, like I said, they have they have to get another wing. Yeah, they have to get another wing. Look, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but as I'm looking, as I'm seeing the roster right now, Kendrick Nunn and THT are going to be redundant when it comes down to the actual money time. Uh, you know, let, unless Kendrick Nunn, you know, is going to be most of a spot up guy off Westbrook or a spot up guy off LeBron. You know what I mean? Uh, THC can get a shot. They're going to be redundant. A wing, a wing, a shot making off ball type of wing has to come in. Like they have, it has to come in. Either THC becomes that or they got to go get that because look, when it comes to the playoffs, the only guys who should be running the offense is LeBron or Russell Westbrook. You already have Malik Monk who's shown he can get his off the bounce. And he's a vet, on a vet man, and he can he he can he can score he can score in the NBA at a at a decent level. So how much more of those Malik Monk types do you need? You know what I mean? Like if you have Malik Monk, do you need a Kendrick Nunn, another guy who's not you're not too sure of defensively, who's small. You know what I mean? Who's gonna who's more, who needs who's gonna be more of a off the bounce guy? Is THC? We don't even know if he's a wing or a guard yet, really. You know what I mean, you, how much patience, more patience do you have for him when you have three guys making $40 million on your roster? You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. need a wing at this point. And the way Rustbrook has to function, he has to be basically a roided up 2020 Rondo. That's that's really what he has to be. He has to be 2020 Rajon Rondo on roids. Basically – you have to be able to score more than 2020 Rondo did, and you have to be able to facilitate facilitate better than 2020 Rondo did. You have to be able to defend better than 2020 Rondo did, and you have to be able to rebound better than 2020 Rondo did. And then everybody else play, will play off you and LeBron, and that's that. It has to be that. That has to be the formula. I, I can't see – there's no world to me where – you know, and I like Kendrick Nunn. I like THC. I like them for the regular season. There's no world to me in the playoffs where you're going to go in and your main wing defender is Trevor Reason. That's it. Yeah. Like that, that 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 doesn't exist to me. 
where you have when you go in Milwaukee, they have they have Middleton, they got Rodney Hood, they got Dante DiVincenzo, they got Connaughton, you know what I mean? They got Giannis, you know what I'm saying? Like you go to Phoenix, they got Cam, they got Mikhail, they got Crowder, you know what I'm saying? You look at uh, the Warriors, they got Wiggins, they got Draymond, they got it was Dollar, they got Clay. One. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And then you got the Clippers, obviously, PG, Kawhi, Marcus, Batum. Like, come on, bro. Like, we're not about to go into the playoffs with one Trevor Ariza and think that's good <laughs> enough. That's not going to happen, bro. That's not going to happen. People have to get real, bro. Those those guards got to go. I'm sorry. They got to go. They got to go. Yeah, so obviously, THT is the guy with the most value, uh, I would assume. And probably, honestly, Monk, if he keeps playing how he is, like tonight. Like Monk showed, showed a lot of off the, off the bounce stuff, a lot of individual creation that, you know, might be covered around the trade deadline. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, on these nets now, Kings, you mentioned the defense. We all mentioned the age. Um, I'm worried about, I say I'm not, it's like, KD's having to do a lot early on. And I know that was not the plan. For him, but you got Kyrie on sabbatical for his personal reasons um, that we won't judge. You got Harden, who was trying to play his way into shape like always, but I think like you said, age might be slowing that process down. It, it, seriously, uh, it, you know what? You know what, Kings? You you a little younger than me and Miles, but that's what Barkley did. You show up at you know two eighty, two ninety, and then by All Star break, he'd be in his two fifty, two sixty. Like that. That's just how Barkley was. That's what that's what Harden's doing. It's the Charles Barkley workout plan. Um, they need him right now, though. Huh? They need him right now. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, the, that's, it, that's it. They did not. They that's it. They did not plan to have Kyrie on sabbatical. Right. And I think that is the the issue here. And they just don't have the. It's built for a bunch of guys to play around. Three guys will give you 75 points a game total. Right. Yeah. That's what the oh. whole thing. So when when one of that is gone, you got too many guys playing above their pay grade. And I think that's the issue. Like, they just completely ran out of gas today against the, the Hornets. Like, KD was, like, 17 for 24. Harden just is not hard yet, obviously. So, he's not up to snuff. And then they just – they were smart. The Borrego let KD play one-on-one. And then as soon as KD left the game, it got, it got ugly, which is smart. It just let, they didn't, He wasn't going to let anybody else beat him. So, um, what, what, what do the Nets do now? I mean, you just uh, – they got to have that talk with Kyrie. They got to just kind of bide their time till Harden is back while KD, hopefully KD doesn't burn out. So, so what do the Nets have to do? Well, go ahead, Miles. I don't know what they can do. I mean, like you said, they're pretty locked in as far as, you know, their talent and, right. and identity as a basketball team. And that means they locked into their flaws too. We, we struggled defensively. We were counting on guys to produce for us offensively, like KD, Harden, and Kyrie. We, y'all y'all going to give us 80. Joe Harris is going to hit three or four threes. The rest of these guys are going to get some putbacks, and we're going to be all right. But you saw what was happening with them last year, where they were in a duck. They were fighting for their life every night against like the Wizards or you know teams that they should just be blowing out of the box because those flaws are holding them back. And I'm worried about KD honestly, just because it's a lot. We're on our third season in like a year, and you're putting a lot of wear and tear on this dude asking him just to get you to the playoffs. And then he's got to turn it up another notch and be ready for the playoffs. It's, it's not sustainable to me. Right. 
You know what's crazy? Those guys don't have 20 games played together yet. Can you believe that? Yeah. Those three don't Not have 20 sure. games. <laughs> Those three don't have 20 games played together yet. Go ahead, Kings. I'm not shocked because you know it's the injury situation. Like we told people when people had when KD had that series against the Bucks where he was playing all those minutes and he looked how he did. Um, people for you know it was kind of similar to what Braun used to do all the time, right? But Braun would always be doing that. He was doing that coming off seasons where he played like 75 games, 80 games. KD played how many games was it? 35 games last season. Yeah. So he was fresh from the for the playoff run. That's not going to be the same case this year. Oh, we can't do that this year. It's a wrap. And, and, and it might be even worse because he's probably going to have to do more than what was anticipated with the Kyrie situation. And uh-huh. he's definitely going to have to start off doing a lot more because Harden's not in shape yet. So now it's just it's, – it's, 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 it's a dangerous situation because both of those two are at risk for an injury mm-hmm. because KD obviously has the Achilles that he, 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 had, to, he had to come off of. And now his workload is being ramped up in a manner where it wasn't anticipated. And Harden is older and not in shape, and he's trying to play his way into shape, and he has to be relied on because Kyrie's not there. So those two guys now, because of their workload, because of what they're going to have to do that win games, now they're at risk for an injury that they wouldn't have been at risk for if they had the full squad there and everything was moving along and everybody was playing their role. So it's it's playing – they're playing with fire. The Lakers are playing with fire. Both of those two teams are playing with fire right now. You know what the wild thing to me was? When they said that Kyrie wasn't playing, I immediately changed my pick to the Bucks, And they were like, they don't need Kyrie to get to the finals. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? I was like, that, what KD did last class was not sustainable whatsoever. Like that, it's that- pe- People have this notion, and I told these people, people have this notion, again, that defense doesn't matter, one. And they have this notion that, you know, having inter- interior presence doesn't matter. Bigs don't matter, too. And that they really believe KD can do what he did in the playoffs all the time, as if we don't have footage of KD literally gassing himself out in OKC. Remember when he played a full season with OKC in 2016 and he played against the Warriors? What happened? He shot like he shot like dog shit. Why? Well, he, because well, he was, Remember, he, he gassed out. Yeah. He gassed out last year. Remember, he took. Uh, he was zero for six in overtime in game seven. He was zero for six in overtime. Yeah, just it's last done. year. But I'm just going to people before who want to use last year because he had fifty and he had those heroic games. I want you to go back to 2016 when you played a full season and then he went through a playoff run where he had to play both ways. What happened in the Western Conference Finals? He shot terribly because he was fatigued. He had a guard and he had a score because he was a number one option and he had to be one of the, their best perimeter defender for that team outside of Robeson. So it, and he had to be a switch all rim protector. So he was fatigued. That's what happens when you play a long season and you're asked to defend, and you're asked to score to help your team win games and to win a chip. It's not easy. So all these people who are saying, oh, they don't need Kyrie, they were offering operating under a notion that just didn't exist. They didn't exist. They just think that because you average a certain amount of points, you shoot a certain amount of efficiency, it's just plug and shut. Everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? That You don't have to worry about anything else. But that's not how hoop works. The guys around you matter. Joe Harris – he has never been confident in a playoff series. Yeah, he's he, that mad. Yeah, yeah. This is multiple playoff series now <laughs> in big in crucial moments where he's had these type of huh, why are you on the floor moments, right? For a guy who shoots how as good as he does in the regular season, he's bringing some of that bad play into this regular season right now. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, it's 
I, th- I think a lot of these people. A lot of these people who said that, uh, Mabel's my bad. A lot of these people who said that though, they're, they're quickly realizing, at least in these first three games, that is not the case. Right. I think the adjustment is for the Nets. At least um, they just got to live with Cam Thomas's mistakes, just because of what he can do offensively. They just got to let him play, and just you know, let him score the ball and take a load off until Harden drops more weight, um, just to ease the load off. They just got to let him play and play through his rookie mistakes and just tell him. When you get in, you got to be aggressive, be a creator, and we'll live with, you know, you eating possessions just to save these other two guys' legs and get them going to the season. So I think that's their – got to be their counter for the time being. Absolutely. So I uh, mean, that's why you drafted him, right? Right. You didn't draft him to, to, not, to not use that. Right. <laughs> Man, so – and while – and before – Miles, going back to your last DM, you got to keep it clean, though. Uh, the last thing you sent me. So we talked about – we mentioned these reps. <laughs> The adjustment, and I like it. I think once the players adjust, is going to be lovely. They really shut down the foul baiting uh, this season. Um, Nash and Harden were complaining. Nash was like, well, they made Harden the poster boy and trying to punish him. He shot nine free throws in three games, which is a low for him. I think in the last seven years, or somebody said, a three-game low for him, like seven years now. Man. Um, where are you guys with the with the rule change? I love them personally. Um, what, what, starting with you, Kings. Where are you with the rule change? I'll add on to that. You want to know? You want to know a funny fact? The league average for free throws it, per game is currently nineteen point seven. That's the lowest in NBA history. I love it. The <laughs> lowest in NBA history. I love it. Right now is what you're it. seeing with these with these free throws. So they, and I think Paul messaged me. About you know when I because I talked about the big man is coming back. Paul made a good point to me. He said it might be coming back because they're just not calling shooting fouls anymore. <laughs> like they're legitimately just not. They're just not calling shooting fouls. And there's some people who are actually now you getting the people who are like, hey man, call the foul. Like some people like John Rivers is, is upset because it's like you're not you're not stats, calling another stats. <laughs> stats is getting affected. You're not calling none of these fouls. A lot of these guys aren't. You know their their points the. They think the product is being messed up because there's a lot of guys, you know, who are getting roughed up and they're just not getting a call. Uh, this is what everybody complained about. Uh, for me personally, somebody who, who who likes physical play, somebody who likes uh, allowing being able to give defenders the opportunity to defend, um, you know, for so long, offensive players have gone away and gotten the upper hand. I'm not complaining that defenders finally get they finally get some some opportunity here. Obviously, the NBA refs are bad, so they always overdo every single thing that gets changed. So when they said they were going to harp down on the shooting fouls, of course they went overboard and just decided to not call anything. But I think the fans, I think the fans are okay with it because they want to see guys battle and get a bucket without having to get free trips for free points. They want to see can you overcome the adversity on the court without having somebody bail you out uh, uh, because you did some type of uh, manipulation of contact and you were able to now finesse your way to two or three free throws. So I think from a fan perspective, the fans are okay with it overall. And as long as that happens, I don't think they're going to change it and really until you start seeing ratings drop or something like that. Go ahead, Miles. I know, or, you, I know you were happy about this. No, I mean, I just want to see honest basketball. I, yeah, I honest hoop. <laughs> honest hoop, like I always say. That's it. That's it. I, I hope 
I mean, like King said, they overdid it. We had, we had an all-time low. But just like with, the, I think, the flop rule, and I'm sure a couple other things that I'm, I'm not remembering, those things kind of course correct over the course of the season where, where they yeah. see, okay, we, we, we did a little too much. Let's, let's add a couple more. Where they, um, they're going to add some more stipulations where it's like, okay, these things are going to be consistently fouls. These things you're never going to get the call for. But overall, I like it just because it's going to force a team to be better about valuing their possessions, about finding better looks, about working with each other, rather than just hunting for a foul every time. Like that, that's not enjoyable for me as a fan. That's not enjoyable for the defender as a competitor. It's just a bad product all the way around. Right. So <clears throat> I see the scores now like 100 to 90. I like right. the scores. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, sir. That, that yes, means sir. That two teams were competing. Right. Not this 130 to 150 mess that we got, you know, for the last few years. So I, I suppose. Right. That's a great point because you've seen the scoring outburst, right? When you see scoring outbursts now, it's 120 to 111. You know what I mean? Back like old school where you had, okay, some teams were on fire, so they touched 120. It wasn't like last season where that was the average. 147. The teams, like, we had the whole top 10 averaging 115 plus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was literally absurd. But now we're back to it. You're seeing not under 100. You see multiple uh, under 100 uh, scores where most teams are not touching 100 points. You're seeing multiple of those games every night. You're seeing a lot of 100s to 90s. Uh, you know, every now and then, you know, like you have, like, I think the most highest points scored so far this season, uh, all the games, I think, was the Blazers. They put 134, right, on, on, the, on the Suns. But they had a crazy shooting night to get there. It wasn't like, you know, it, it was just easy for them to do that. They, they had a crazy shooting night. CJ was going off. So it's like, like you said, it, it feels more earned now, right? The shot, and it makes sense, right? It's, you're still going to get more points now than before because shot making is better. Teams are taking a lot more threes. There's a lot better spacing. So you're still going to get scoring, unlike before, even with the low free throw attempts. So I think the league may have accidentally stumbled onto a winning formula with the fact that, hey, we have spacing. We have better shot makers. We don't have to bail them out right. with, 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 the, with these calls. Amen. I mean, I think the other thing that's interesting is, you know, as players adjust to these rules, who we consider a star might be mm. Ah. We're talking about a dude like James Harden. You basically just became a top 75 player ever off of free throws. Now you don't get him anymore. If we were calling the game like this the last five years, are you still on that list? Are you still an MVP? Right. Are you averaging 35 or are you averaging 27? Right. You know what I mean? With somebody like Trey Young, I think that he would be able to accept that challenge because, you know, obviously he's already, you know, one of those names that we're passing around. Like, oh, he's always just flopping. Yeah, what bothered me about Trey was he was beyond. If you watched him in college, he wasn't like that. He wasn't. He was right. never playing like that. That's what bothered me. He's like, he was just. He just saw that the wrestler calling it that way. And he's like, forget, it, I'm gonna shoot ten free throws a night just playing this way. Right. I mean, if you see Trey this season, he's still scoring right. and right. he's still getting exactly. his assistance. Like he, he can, right. he, Trey has no problem. He's a competitor. He's, you know, Steve Nash said what he did and Trey said, okay. And he started to play hoop and he started to, and he started to show people, Hey, I can, I can ball. I don't need this to ball. I can just, I can just ball. You know what I mean? So Trey's taking it there. I'm, I'm, Hey man, look, everybody, I know people are going to listen to this and think we're being too you know, hard on Harden. But when you have him come out and say what he did, and then you have your, his coach, who Dude. said that's not basketball just last year, come out and say, well, he's not getting calls this year. It rushed people the wrong way. Like I said, 
You got Shameless. to the top 35. You got to the top 35 all time, averaging 35, 36, 33. If you didn't have these type of freak throws now, that might be 25 to 27. Is 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 the legacy the same? I'm not going to speculate on that. He's still a great player. He's still all-time offensive talent. But I understand the logic because those free throws did a lot of work to get him to those 30s. That's undeniable. And we are going to leave it there with Kings dropping that hot take about about Big Jim. He's Big Jim until he loses those 20 pounds. Um, Make sure you guys follow our guest, Miles Brown. Please don't. He says, please don't. Please follow him. Follow him.brown. On Twitter, myself, JJ Mandel 55 underscore MST at its Kings, bro. Uh, we appreciate you guys tapping in with the pod. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a rating. We appreciate the feedback. Um, we got our first mailbag episode uh, coming next week. So make sure you guys, when we post the link, post a uh, tweet to drop questions, uh, make sure you respond to that. We want to answer those. Um, yeah, Miles, we appreciate you, brother, for topping on finally, man. Now, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Like, I, I just yes, want to be a good guest. I, I really enjoy you guys. I enjoy that you actually talk about basketball. I, I'm not trying to tune in to Bravo or e <laughs> You give me what I'm trying to hear. So I, I hope I added something to it. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, you guys tap in next week. We are out of here. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all. See y'all next week. Peace, man. I appreciate y'all.